Hey, Jordan, you want to hear a fun fact? Uh, sure. Caffeine involved in a coffee bean with some of the greatest antioxidants on the planet. Wow, that's pretty interesting. Let, let, let me cut you off right there. I wasn't done. You see, green tea, another great source of caffeine, evolved with an entirely different set of antioxidants as well. Is this another brain fuel ad? Uh, yeah, it is. Oh, I mean, well, in that case, brain fuel takes the best of both worlds without the roast or heat that may reduce potency and increase toxicity. It support, it's supportive blends of fuels, antioxidants, and brain-boosting additives create a new paradigm for the effective delivery of caffeine. Not to mention, it is the best-tasting drink I've personally had in a while. To support the heroes who push society forward, challenge the status quo, and initiate a better tomorrow by providing them with the fuel to actualize their best self. If you want to help support our podcast and try Brain Fuel, use code DOME for 20% off your order at BrainFuel.com. That's code DOME, all caps, D-O-M-E, at BrainFuel.com, B-R-E-I-N-F-U-E-L.com for 20% off your order. Welcome back to another edition of the Off the Dome podcast, sponsored by Brain Fuel, the best energy drink out there. I'm here with a very special guest. Uh, he is currently uh, he is currently the head of Ball Don't of Ball Don't Lie Film of of Film Don't Lie Basketball, owner and development coach of Film Don't Lie Basketball, uh, former player for the Stevenson High School 2015 championship team. And uh, former uh, and former and former college basketball player Jordan Newman. Jordan, it's an honor for you to be on the pod. Appreciate it, Matt. It's an honor being here. Thank you. Just a quick point of order before we uh, before we start. Um, we met actually at uh, our good friend. I'm going to shout this guy out, Sam Isaacson's birthday party. So that's how we kind of stayed in touch. It was it was a fun night. Yes, sir. Yeah, shout out Sam, by the way. <laughs> um, so I want to dive right into it. Um, you obviously have built yourself a great reputation from your excellent film study and your incredible work ethic. How did this haul start? What made you fall in love, like playing the game of basketball and studying the game of basketball and everything that led to where you're at today right now? Honestly, the first time I fell in love with basketball was when I watched Michael Jordan's last All-Star game in 2003. Uh, I can't really go into detail. I was really young, don't remember much, but I just know that's when it started. And ever since then, I just started playing on my little tights hoop in my basement and fell in love with it. That, that, that's awesome. That's incredible. Um, what made you, when did you first realize that you wanted to play high school ball? And probably when I was seven or eight, really young. I was really into it. It was, took it really seriously from a really young age. To walk me through that Stevenson high school hoops team that you were on. And because that was like a great team back in 2015, you played with the one of the best players in the state at the time, Jalen Brunson, uh, local Steve Stevenson alum. Walk me through that whole team and that whole year. Yeah, so we had a squad. We had probably eight and nine guys that could play college basketball that year. Not everyone chose to play. Some just chose to go to different schools. 
But I mean, we had a hundred million dollar NBA player, Jalen, and he was the best player in the state. Probably top ten. He wasn't ranked in the top ten in the country, but that was BS. He was a top ten player in the country, and we had Connor Cashaw, Division one player, Rice and Creighton, played a few years professionally. Justin Smith still playing professionally. He was a sophomore at the time. Was just emerging as one of the best players in the state. Then we had a bunch of other good small college players. Great chemistry. Jalen was an incredible leader. We had Pat Ambrose, who's going to be a Hall of Fame coach in Illinois. Um, yeah, it was awesome. We had, had a, we believed we were going to win from day one. Believed we were going to win the championship. We got to play two national games for Chaminade and Finley Prep, which included Jason Tatum on Chaminade and Finley wow. Prep had a Lonzo Trier and a few other big time guys. That's incredible. That, so yeah, it was a good experience. Um, what, so walk me through um, your senior year and what was going through your head, like playing, being the, the being in the starting position at Stevenson and contemplating about like where to go to your next college. Walk me through that whole senior year. So my senior year was different uh, without having Jalen and all of them there it was more my team I wasn't the best player but I was the leader of the team um and it was the college stuff happens more in the summer so I sat most of my recruiting summer between junior and senior year I definitely knew that I wanted to play after not playing too many minutes my junior year played the same position as Jalen uh I when I was younger I thought I was going to want to walk on at a d1 school and not really care about the playing time, but I realized not playing sucks. So I wanted to go somewhere where I had a better chance to play. So I was all interested in D3 schools because that was the level I was at. Uh, many calls, texts from coaches all the time. Um, what I was looking for in school was like a family-like atmosphere like Stevenson and really serious about winning. Those are the two main things I was looking. So I wanted to go to a winner. That's why I picked St. Norbert at the, we ended up being nationally ranked two of my four years, but they were always nationally ranked when I was uh, there in the, or when I was in high school. And then my senior year of high school, actually they made the furthest school appearance, the sweet 16. We never made it that far, but when I was there, but that's what I was looking for. I was looking for winning. That's why I ended up picking St. Norbert. Uh, winning environment something and I knew that I wanted to coach when I'm done playing so somewhere that I think would help start my coaching career um, now about that coaching career you obviously I've looked at I've did research on what you've done and and how you train uh, and how you train other hoopers and I saw you've met a lethal shooter and you've attended we when we spoke uh, in person you've attended some private workouts for NBA players and private pickup games and I saw you also met um, the current assistant coach of the Los Angeles Lakers, Phil Handy. So you've clearly built your reputation around like connections within the league. Um, walk me through like what, what led you to doing that? And what have you learned about yourself while building up your brand with film? Don't lie. What led me to do what led me to what led me to what exactly? What led me to starting my brand? Yes. So what led me to that is, so I started, I, I always thought I wanted to be a college coach. 
So I was coaching at Wisconsin Parkside for two years, the 2021 season and the 2022 season. But I always wasn't loving it. Um, there's a lot in college basketball. There's a lot you have to do, a lot of non-basketball responsibilities if you're a college coach. And I didn't like that part as much. And no, no one in the business does. But I was looking for a change. And I really enjoyed working out the players at Parkside. That's was one of my favorite things about being there. And the players really liked my workouts. So, and I did some training with kid uh, high school and college players over the summer that were Stevenson guys when I had more free time in the summer. So I decided to start my own training company. I realized it was more realistic to make money doing this full time as I thought. And I always wanted to learn in whatever field I'm doing. I always wanted to learn from the best. So uh, these two guys, Tyler Leclerc and Coleman Ayers, two young trainers, put together clinics with some great speakers that Phil Handy, the Lakers, was uh, was there. And that's how I went and got to meet Phil Handy. Uh, Phil Handy, Devin the Lab, Mike G, who trains Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis. Uh, Drew Hanlon was at the first one. And he, I do it, Drew Hanlon's next mentorship program. Uh, Drew Hanlon trains Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, Zach Levine, Brad Beal, and Joel Embiid and many other NBA players. He's probably the best trainer in the game. Um, and I got to do his clinic in Vegas, too. With had Phil Beckner, who is Damian Lillard's trainer, and Anthony Simons, CJ McCollum. Uh, Anthony Simons did a live workout in front of us, which was really cool, seeing how he actually trains. And then with Drew, handling the summer, I visited him in L.A. for a week. And got to see Victor Oladipo, Patrick Williams, Tyrese Halliburton, and all the live workouts. Myers Leonard. So, got to meet some really cool people over the last year. Be around the best players in the game. So it's been great. That 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 just blows my mind that you were able to like you know go to all these events. Did it ever pinch you like? like as a fan, like saying, wow, I'm with these top premier NBA players and being in a private workout. And this is very exclusive. Did it ever like, did you ever felt like you wanted to pinch yourself, you know, just realizing that you were like in that exclusive field? Honestly, at first, yeah, it did. Um, it was pretty special. It was like, holy shit, these guys are good. <laughs> um, but then after a little while, get used to just like business. Okay. What am I trying to learn from them? What am what do I see? What am I like? Then just being serious and paying attention. Like, what can I learn from these players? What am I learning from these coaches? What's their coaching style? What drills are they doing? Why does this drill work? Why does this drill not work? Is this drill stupid? Uh, st stuff like that. What's holding this guy back from being an all star? What's holding just trying to learn? The best day was the day of the pickup because then I got to see KD, Jason. Tatum and DeMar DeRozan play in the pickup. Chet Holgram like a week before he got hurt. Um, and that was when I was most wowed just by KD's talent level in person. Like as good as Jason Tatum is, KD was just on another level from anybody in that pickup game, including Jason. It's just ridiculous, his skill set. And being in a gym, watching him from that close in the second row was really cool. That's incredible. What were some of like your favorite 
pickup games, like if you will, like just walk me through, like being like watching it. Like, what were some of the your favorite pickup games? Because we've seen like people on social media have seen like the ones broadcasted where there's like excellent like open hoop gyms and but like what were some of your favorite games that you've witnessed or you can't recall my favorite was definitely the drew hanlon runs which were uh jason tatum and kd playing on the same team with like tyrese halliburton patrick williams going against damar chet holmgren justin anderson uh john jenkins was there Mm -hmm. who else was there solomon hill um Myers Leonard wasn't playing. He was injured. Victor Oladipo. Uh, Victor Oladipo looked really good. He could have a really good year this year. He was great in all the workouts. That was my favorite. And just the overall skill level, like just the scoring ability of everybody, KD in particular, but of everybody was ridiculous. Um, just the shot making from KD, DeMar, Tatum was insane. Uh, now getting back to like the film study, um, what do you look for when you study film with uh, some of your clients and what are you hoping that you get from your clients? What do you hope they learn while you constructively teach them like what they could be doing better, what they should be doing? Like, what are you hoping they get out of your film sessions? Well, mainly hoping they learn just whatever I'm trying to teach them, which is something different every single time. Uh, depending on what we're watching, who we're watching, why we're watching, what time of the year we're watching. Uh, it's the off season, we're looking more to add skills. So we'll watch more NBA film and say, okay, on this move, your footwork should be here and stuff like that. And just watching how guys create shots and get to their spots. That's the main thing we watch. Uh, Luka Doncic is probably the primary player watched just because how creative he is and how he doesn't have outworld. Well, most of the guys that train don't have outworldly athleticism, which Luca doesn't either. So if he can do stuff, he should be able to do it. He has some outlier athleticism traits, which is his deceleration ability, but that can be trained. And we work on that in workouts. So it's more stuff where I can show them this is why we do this drill because this happens in a game. Like, for example, one of my biggest pet peeves and things I coach is or coach out of habits I coach out of players is when they're spotting up to catch and hold the ball. You need to catch and shoot or catch and drive right away. And we watch NBA games, the highest level of play, and you notice nobody catches and holds the ball. It's all with 0.5 second decisions. So really focusing on stuff like that. And then in the season, it's watching them and just what can they do better? Like, where should you be on offense, defense? Where, where should you be on the floor? Could you relocate it to get a shot here? Um, could you have helped more on this? Are you following the scouting report good enough? Are you being aggressive? One of the biggest things is, are you being aggressive enough hunting your own offense? That's one of the biggest things you can see on film. Like, are you passing too much when you can easily score on your man or easily create an advantage on your man to draw two and then kick for an open three or an open layup? That's the main stuff to look at in season. Um, now getting to, I want to jump in on the season because it's crazy that the season's already here and uh, I'm very excited for another uh, year of the NBA. Um, what, what uh, there's, this is one of the crazier off seasons. I like to think, 
which team are you like most excited to see like as from the offseason moves they've made and which team do you think will make the big jump into like that next like contender type level like what teams are you excited the most to see this year uh two different answers to that i got two answers for the first question who i'm most excited to see uh that would be i got three answers honestly i can't decide between you can add, yeah, give me as many answers as you want <laughs> so the pelicans number one even though they didn't make that many moves but they got a monster coming back oh yeah and they played really good at the end of the last season without zion so adding him would be great. I took their over 44 and a half wins. And I'm pretty confident in that one. I think they'll be really good. You got three guys that give 25 plus points any night. Herb Jones emerging is one of the best on-ball defenders in the league. I'm really excited to see what he can do this year. Valanciunas is a great fifth starter. You got Larry Nance, Alvarado, Devontae Graham, other guys off the bench. They got a lot of depth. Uh, Garrett Temple, they added. You could, solid player. The Cavs, I'm excited about. See how that beast uh, of the this is going to be the most stacked East, I think, in a long time. In a long time, there's nine really good teams, ten really good teams. Um, the Cavs, I'm really excited about. See what Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland can do together. They can both play on or off the ball, so I think it's going to work really well. I think the Cavs are really dangerous. I would not want to play them in the first round. And even though Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland are both not good on-ball defenders, they got two rim protectors to help them in the back. So I don't think it's going to be much of an issue. And I think Cleveland's going to be top 10 in defense and offense. They were top five in defense last year. I think that might go slightly down. But their offense, they were around 20th last year, roughly. I can't remember exactly. I think they're going to go way up, be a top 10 offense with two of the best shot creators in the league, probably two of the five shiftiest players in the league that are both great shot makers too. Then I'm excited about the Timberwolves. I'm not 100% confident on how it's going to work, to be honest, but I think it's going to work good. I don't know if it's going to work good or great. Um, I'm worried that one of the two of them is going to have to be out at the end of games, but Rudy Gobert is the best regular season defender in the NBA by far. And people can say what they want of him. He can't guard the perimeter, but when you really watch the film of the Jazz game, like the guards get blown by and he has the help. He can't guard the rim and the three-point line at the same time, but neither can anybody else ever play basketball. So it's not really his fault. So I don't buy that so much that Rudy can't guard the perimeter. Cat can't guard, but he's the best shooting big man of all time. Well, I think you, you would take him over that guy in Dallas. I would from three point, not from mid range. Numbers back it up. Cause like, I think he's the best we could, I don't want to go on a, a big disagreement, but I think he's the best big man shooter of all time. Probably. Yeah. I'm not going to argue hard against Dirk, but I would take cat from three and Dirk from mid range, probably Dirk overall. Cause I think there's a bigger difference in their mid range than threes. So I'd probably go second best shooting big man of all time. And I'd go best three point shooting big man of all time. Um, then they got, I mean, Edwards is really exciting to watch. They lost some depth, depth pieces with Vanderbilt and Beverly as defenders. But with Rudy Gobert, you have a guaranteed top 10 defense. Every year in Utah, even with horrible defenders, they were in the top 10 just because he's that good. 
And there's a reason he gets paid what he does. There's a reason there was that I'm not on the Rudy Gobert's overrated train. I think he's great. There's reasons that there was that much offered in the trade. The NBA GMs value him a ton because he the rim's the greatest real estate and one of the best rim protectors to ever play the game. So I'm really excited to see how that could work. I'm not 100% sure how it works offensively, too, because one thing I liked last year is that Towns was being guarded by other fives who can't guard him on the perimeter. Now Towns is going to be guarded by fours, and Gobert is going to be guarded by the fives. Um, so that's going to be interesting. Towns might post up a little more this year with fours guarding him, but I really liked how he could take advantage of fives, and he's not going to be able to do that this year in the starting lineup because every team's going to put their slow five on Gobert. So it'll be interesting to see how they work. I think they're around a six seed. They were a seven seed last year. I think the Pelicans will be around the six seed also, and I think the Cavs will be around the five, six seed in the East. The team that I'm really excited that could take make a contender leap is Denver, who I guess they've kind of been a contender. They made the conference finals in the bubble. Um, they... I think we would have had a chance to win it all in 2021 if Murray didn't get hurt. And they won 48 games without Murray and Porter last year. Yeah, they got killed by the Warriors first round, but they're missing their second and third best players. Um, they got, I like the additions of KCP and Bruce Brown, added some wing defense. KCP is a great fit with his defense and shooting. Bruce Brown's shots improved to the point where you have to guard him and respect him now. He's not a knockdown guy, but can't just leave him wide open anymore. And Bruce Brown's an incredible defender. So that'd be a great fit in Denver. I could see Bruce Brown and KCP both closing, maybe even instead of Porter sometimes. So I think Denver is a sleeper to possibly even win it all. I wouldn't bet on them winning it all, but I wouldn't be surprised if Denver won the championship this year. I just have to ask you this because like people or the viewers are going to be annoyed by this, but because everyone knows I love talking Lakers. I, I got to ask you this. Um, I, I feel like I'm obligated to, uh, obviously they were like this close, like the, so freaking close to trading Russell Westbrook to Indiana. But at this point he is a Laker and they are kicking off this roster. They got rid of all their old guys for young athletic pieces what do you think is the ceiling of my LA Lakers this year? And do you see like any scenario that this Westbrook Braun and AD thing could at least be respectable? I think they're a high ceiling, high floor team. I think there's a chance they don't make the playoffs again. And I think there's a chance to make like the conference finals. I would say really? when you have LeBron James on your team, anything is possible to me. He's the greatest player to ever play. Um, Good answer. <laughs> And I think I'm all in on AD having a bounce back here. I think AD is going to be healthy this year and he's due. And I think he's going to have a really good year. So I, I think Anthony Davis is going to get back to being a top 10 player, pushing on that top five. Um, Westbrook's the one I don't know about. He's added more arc to his jumper and it's a little more one motion from what I've seen, which I like but I'm not going to believe it until I see him make shots in regular season games. Um, I just worry about the spacing a lot. I love the Beverly edition. The Lakers needed some life and Beverly's an underrated shooter. Great defender, obviously. Uh, just a dog mentality, but Westbrook's the one I would love to see him as a sixth man, which I don't think his ego could take. 
because he's still great getting to the rim. He could run the second unit with LeBron out and he could put Westbrook around shooters. Westbrook's great around shooters. He's a great passer and gets can get in the lane anytime he wants. But when LeBron wants to play LeBron ball, then who's ever guarding Westbrook just helps in the lane. and That's going to hurt him. That's one reason I, I personally think they should get rid of him. And I would love to see Buddy Heald in there. Oh, well, all Laker fans all want to see that happen. But yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, that didn't happen. So uh, final uh, question for each conference. Uh, I'm at final se- segment, actually. Who do you have in the Western Conference Finals? Who do you have in the Eastern Conference Finals? And who do you have in the championship? Way too early predictions right now. Yeah, it's, it's a hard year because um, I think there's about seven teams in each conference. There's about 15 teams with the goal to make the conference finals, a realistic goal to make the conference 15. finals. Wow. That, that are realistic. And there's the league's that good right now. There's never been any more high-end talent. But that being said, I definitely have my favorites. In the East, I got Boston and Milwaukee. I'll give a brief rundown on each team. Boston, their biggest weakness was getting downhill. They said that Malcolm Brogdon, one of the best downhill guys in the league, very underrated driver, great player, not an underrated player, but underrated driver specifically. So he fits perfectly about what Boston needed. And But I'm worried about no Ime Yudoka. We'll see how the new coach does see runs the same stuff runs the same defensive system hopefully and I'm worried about Robert Williams knee I think that could have a big impact I'm a big Rob Williams guy just a great roamer on defense one of the best rim protectors in the NBA the Bucks have the best player in the league and they haven't got beaten in a playoff series with a healthy roster since the bubble last year they took Boston to seven without their second best player, arguably third best player. Um, and Brooke Lopez only played 13 regular season games last year. So I think Brooke will have a better year this year playing more games, even though he's getting older. And Pat Connington's getting better. Grayson Allen struggled in the playoffs last year, but I'm still a believer in his shooting. I like Portis. They just got a solid team with the best player in the game. So, and then the West, I got the Warriors and Clippers. Um, I know I talked about the Nuggets, but I got them just right there behind those two teams. The Warriors, I think, are as good or better than last year. I think the addition of Dante DiVincenzo helps a lot. Uh, he's great on both ends of the floor. Who else do they get? I mean, Jamichael Green's a solid pickup. Moody and Kuminga are getting better. They obviously have drama right now, too, but I think that's all going to blow over. I don't think that'll be an issue. Um, and the Clippers are the deepest team in the NBA with two top 12 players. We'll see how good Kawhi is. He's added more arc to his shot, which I think is scary for the NBA. Um, I'm a big Norman Powell fan. We'll see how John Wall is. He looked okay in preseason when I watched him, but even if he's just okay, he'll still help some with him and Reggie Jackson as the point guards. They got a lot of size that can guard guys that can guard four positions like Marcus Morris, Nick Batum, Kawhi, PG, Norman Powell can guard three positions, uh, Zubox, a rim protector, Robert Covington can guard all five, borderline all five positions, at least two through five. Um, yeah, they're loaded. 
They're dangerous. And I got the Clippers and the Bucks in the finals. And I'm taking the Bucks over the Clippers. In seven? I'm going to go in six. I haven't thought about the games yet, but on the spot, I'm going to go in six. Sounds good. Sounds good. Jordan Newman, thank you so much for joining the Off the Dome podcast. It was great hearing your story and uh, keep doing what you're doing. And I'm looking forward to seeing you and connecting with you soon. For sure, Matt. Thank you for having me. This was a blast. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening to another edition of the Off the Dome podcast. Have a great night and a great day and go get them.